Call this meeting to order. Start with the prayer and the pledge. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together tonight to handle the city's business, help us to seek the truth, and do the right things with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Roll call, please. Mr. Powell? Here. Mr. Bronner? Here. Mr. Bishop? Here. Mr. Boehner? Here. Mr. Tommen? Here. Mrs. Kroger? Here. Mrs. Edichico? Here. Seven present. We have a quorum <laughs> for business and a quorum for legislation. Next up is approval of minutes. Is there a motion? Make a motion. Second. Motion by Mrs. Kroger, second by Mr. Boehner to approve the meeting minutes from November 7th. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Carries by voice vote. Next up, guest speakers, we have one, Commissioner Driehaus. Feel free to take that microphone. Uh, it's not the greatest in the world. You can munch on it. You, you kind of got to stuff it in your face in order to be heard. All right, I will do my best. Uh, thank you for allowing me to come and uh, give an update uh, by way of what's going on in Hamilton County. The last time I was here was probably in 2017 when I was first elected to the County Commission. I visited all 49 jurisdictions uh, just to say hello, introduce myself. I, I know that not all of you were here. I'm not sure how many of you were here at the time. Um, but just to try to uh, create a partnership and, and try to start to create a relationship between uh, Reading and the county. And I did it, as I said, with all 49 jurisdictions. So I'm back uh, with my menu of opportunity. I had this last time. It's been updated. It's got more stuff on it uh, than it did last time, I'm, I'm glad to say, uh, because uh, in Hamilton County, we are trying to be true partners uh, with the jurisdictions and trying to live up to this idea that um, if we have resources to help you create economic vitality in your community, we're going to try to partner with you and do it, knowing that you all have a better idea of what to do in Reading than I do um, by way of creating economic activity. Um, but before I get to um, some of the partnership information, I just want to give an update. We're in budget cycle. We have an annual budget. Uh, we've had all the departments present to us by way of what they are asking for. Uh, the bad news is we were $40 million over uh, by way of request uh, versus what we had in revenue. And so we had to go back to many of the departments and say we simply cannot accommodate your request. Most of it was driven by personnel. I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Um, every, uh, many of the departments, including the county, did a competitive wage study. Uh, we did ours about a year ago. Because we were losing people to outlying jurisdictions um, in a, a variety of departments, but also we were having a hard time recruiting people to work for the county. So we did a competitive wage study. Uh, some people were in range, some people were well below, and some people, not many, uh, were a little bit higher than range. And so we right-sized the budget to accommodate for that. Many of the departments followed our lead and did the same thing, hence the need to increase the budgets. So we have now filled the gap, uh, $40 million. Most of that is because uh, some of the departments asked for funding for their whole complement of employees. They don't have a full complement of employees. They're you know, 20 people down, they're 10 people down. And so we went back to them and said, we, we cannot afford to fund this. It's unlikely that you're going to have 100%. And so uh, we are going to right size your budget. And so that's what we did. So we are in a position now where we're going to move forward. Many of the things on this menu of opportunity 
are going to, I think, survive the budget uh, by way of the partnership dollars, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but it has been a bit of a challenge, uh, as you might imagine, with that kind of deficit. Um, but we are trying very hard to make sure that we are bringing people into the county, making ourselves an employer of choice the reason that's important is because you all rely on our services and so do all of your constituents and so we need to make sure that we've got a robust workforce that's doing good work and so we have also implemented a parental leave policy we've got a tuition reimbursement policy trying again uh, to recruit and think of the kind of folks that I'm talking about that work for the county these are people that are sheriff's deputies that work in the jail they're JFS workers that go out and make sure kids are safe in our community. They're 911 dispatchers. I mean, these are pretty stressful positions. And when you don't pay somebody or dignify that work, they leave. Uh, and that's what we were seeing. So anyways, um, we are trying very hard to create some stability. And, and we are, we're much closer now than we were, again, in 2017 when I was first here. Um, a couple other things that I just wanted to touch on. Um, oftentimes when I'm out, and I've, I bet you're probably community number 20, uh, I was in Addiston last night, so it's, it's a wide variety. The, the county is very diverse. Uh, when you go from a township to uh, Addiston, it's quite the dichotomy. And then you have Redding, and you know I'll be out in Blue Ash. You know, it's just it's really interesting to move around. Um, so oftentimes I get asked about some of the things that are in the news that that are uh, most obvious about what we're doing. The Bengals lease is one of them. So I'm just gonna uh, before you ask me, I'm just gonna say that we are in the middle of negotiations with the Bengals. The lease is up in 2026. Um, two things. One is that we want to keep the Bengals here in the community. Uh, they're good for morale. They're good for economic development. They're good for the banks. And so we'll do our best to keep them here. No real threat that they're leaving, but it's always back of mind. Um, seasons gotten taken a turn, unfortunately, uh, with Burrow out. Um, but we are very seriously negotiating with them. Uh, we've done an analysis on the stadium itself. You all own that stadium. Taxpayers own that stadium. Uh, your tax dollars are going into that through the sales tax fund. Um, the stadium is about, it's 20 some years old, so it needs some repair, and it also needs an upgrade. Well, the question should be, well, what's that going to cost us? And we've been putting money into repair and keep, to keep that stadium safe and good, you know, a good place to be for the fans. Well, when you add up the repairs that we need to do and some of the retrofits to make it more accessible, literally more accessible for people with disabilities, but also more accessible for people that can't afford a season ticket but would rather uh, maybe standing room only for young people, maybe activate the plaza right outside the stadium, create a game day experience for everyone that can't get in the stadium. These are the kinds of things we're thinking about. Um, the price tag for all of this, the, the uh, just basic repair is about $500 million and then add on some of the retrofit and it's closer to eight or $900 million. Uh, and so last time we, d we built the stadium, the taxpayer paid for about 98% of that build. Bengals covered the other two. That is not what we expect this year. We expect to have a financial stack that looks a lot like what's going on throughout the country where the NFL is in, the team is in, the state of Ohio is in, and the county is in. Maybe the city is in, city of Cincinnati is in. I mean, it is in the city of Cincinnati after all. Um, and so we, are, we have brought in some experts that do these leases throughout the country. And so we were using uh, his expertise to help, help guide us through these conversations as we continue to negotiate with the Bengals. So um, that's, that's the news, that's the word. 
Um, we do expect to have a renovated stadium here in a few years. Um, and I think we're also going to look to use that stadium more than just for game days. Because again, you own the stadium. Uh, there's not a lot of activity in that stadium outside the games that the Bengals play. And we are looking to activate that stadium for concerts, for high school football games, uh, for other kinds of activities. So it, it's kind of exciting when you think about it. Um, it can be challenging. And I think negotiations are going to be tough. Uh, but we're working on it. So just want to let you know. Um, the other thing I wanted to focus on, and I'm happy to answer questions if you have them, is partnership. So last time I was out here, I was talking about partnership. I was serious about it. Um, we have additional revenue in our coffers, not a lot, but some, uh, more than we had in 2017. And so we took a lot of that just to stabilize the county. Uh, folks at the county hadn't gotten a raise in five years. I mean, it was just, it was really rough. Um, but we took some of those dollars and said, we want to use this for partnership in the communities. And so we set aside money for community revitalization grants. We've got small event grants. We've got some CDBG grants. And so we are in partnership with you, and I've got a cheat sheet for Reading. Um, I don't know who amongst you is responsible for reaching out and applying for some of the grant dollars at the, at the county, but you've done a pretty good job of it, and so I want to compliment you on that. The only way it works uh, from my perspective is, you know, we can make the dollars available all day long, but until you apply, there's no partnership. And so you all are applying for these dollars, and I'm just going to remind uh, because I, I think it's something to celebrate, uh, some of the dollars that we are in partnership with. Um, so a bit, uh, quite a bit of it is CDBG, uh, with street improvements, with property acquisition. You have gotten uh, solid waste district recycling incentive program dollars. Your recycling rate has jumped from 4.6 to 14.9 pretty significant jump. Um, you also got a small events grant for your Christmas walk this year uh, to the tune of $8,000. So when you add up all the dollars in the last three years, uh, it's $159,000 that the city of Reading has gotten in partnership with the county. And as I said, um, the only way this works is when you all apply. Uh, and the port is also a city county initiative. Uh, and we have provided um, money for the Dow chemical site and, and some of the activity over there. So uh, I'm here really to give you that update, to thank you for the partnership. Uh, not every community takes advantage of these dollars, and I mean take advantage in a positive way. Um, and so there is more to come. As I said, I am fairly certain that these programs will survive this budget cycle. Certainly the CDBG will, and certainly the solid waste will. Uh, we're gonna, may see a slight decrease in some of the um, small grant dollars, small event grant dollars, uh, but I think if you all continue to apply for these dollars, you will continue to succeed in getting these dollars. So uh, that's all I've got. Uh, happy to answer any questions that you all might have about anything. Mr. Rainer. Commissioner Drias, I've got a question. Uh, in the last few weeks, been reported about the Veterans Service Commission. Uh, I know the county uh, appropriates about a million dollars in there, but for what some other reason, the Service Commission does not go and get state funds or federal funds. And we have more veterans in Hamilton County than the three counties around us. And they're spending three to four times more than we are. Uh, so consequently, uh, being a veteran myself, a lot of veterans aren't getting aren't being taken care of like they are in other counties. Uh, what are the county commissioners doing about that discrepancy? Thank you for your service. Um, so the county commissioners 
approve of the veteran services budget when they bring it to us. They are appointed by the Court of Common Pleas and it's set up under state statute. Um, we approve of what they ask us for. We cannot give them more than what they ask us for. So that's problematic because even if we wanted to, we can't do it until they request it. And so we've heard this complaint and we had a public hearing about it where the VSC came in and so did, and remember they're all veterans, but so are all the other folks that came in and are veterans and they have made these calls to the VSC <coughs> for you know, help with utility assistance or rent assistance or transportation. And so uh, we were asking, and we had you know, public testimony from some of the folks that were complaining and concerned. And so the VSC was there, and I, I believe in my heart they will change, um, but we are looking at some things that we can do as a county in conjunction with the VSC, but also in addition to what they do. So for instance, um, they, there is a need for transportation, particularly the doctor's visits into the VA. The other counties that you refer to, it's all the surrounding counties, um, have transit for these veterans. And they're spending quite a bit of money doing it, but you know, if, if they were to ask us for the money for it, I guarantee you we would give it to them. Um, and so I reached out to SORTA because we just passed a levy for SORTA, uh, and they've got a pretty robust budget. And so why wouldn't we use our transit system that has vehicles that can accommodate people with disabilities in particular, wrap one of those vehicles, and designate it for veterans? The, and have SORTA partner with the VSC. The VSC could ask for the dollars to help run those, those services. It's pretty expensive. The, the runs are pretty expensive, but you know that's, that's what we want to do for the veterans. And so I'm personally working on that. I've had a number of conversations with SORTA to try to see if we can make that work. The other thing is that the VSC, by design, by the ORC, is made up of individuals that served quite some time ago. There are no young people on the VSC because the conflicts that are the wars that are identified by way of the membership are the Korean War, the Vietnam War, uh, and some of the organizations that the older vets are part of, the younger vets aren't part of these organizations. And so there's a real disconnect between the older vets that are on the VSC and some of the younger people that are asking for assistance. And so I've asked Bill Seitz and Jessica Miranda and, and the, the delegation that uh, represents Southwest Ohio to take a look at state law to see if not, I don't wanna kick anybody off of the VSC, we keep the original five, but why wouldn't we add a couple younger members to kind of balance out what they know and what they're hearing from all the veterans in Hamilton County? So those are two things that I'm personally working on. My colleagues are also working on some other things. So we're looking at it. The real challenge there is this funding piece. Yeah. Um, so let me give you one other caveat, and this is part of the reason I think, and I have not heard them articulate this, but if the VSC were, will you give them about a million dollars, give or take? If they were to ask for more than 10%, more than the year before, so if they asked for 10% more than that million dollars they got last year, the county commission has the ability to appoint six members to the board. Well, there are only five members on the board. So our members that we appoint would take the majority of that board and I, I've, I don't know why that's written in state law. I suspect to keep the cap on maybe the request that, uh, of this betting, but from where I sit, that doesn't make a lot of sense at this moment in time either, because it's keeping them from asking for more dollars. So we've got to sort that out, uh, and I've mentioned that to our legislators as well to see if we can figure out 
um, how to get Hamilton County in a place where they're comfortable asking for money to accommodate the needs of the veterans. That's a long, I'm sorry it was such a long answer, but this has been very top of mind. In the article, I thought it had something to do that the Veterans Service Commission was not asking for any state money or federal money. They didn't see a need, I think it's what they, I mean, the article sounded a little slanted against the Veterans Service Committee anyway, um, because I know uh, uh, Butler County, Warren County, and uh, Claremont County are spending two and a half, three and a half million dollars. It's all from their general funds, though. Yeah, These that was general funds. Okay. Yeah, so all the money that I'm referring to and all that money is general fund money. So we'd have to find it, but I, we would find it. I mean, all three of us have articulated that we really want to be helpful. Okay. But until they ask, we can't do anything. Yeah. Other than raise awareness. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for the question. Mr. Powell. Thanks for coming out this evening, sure. Commissioner. Uh, a question that I have, and one of the biggest things that, you know, come up from time to time when people receive their uh, monthly bills from the city, the uh, the sewage fees on there. Um, it my understanding that MSD is kind of a conglomeration between the city and the county. I understand there was some talk of trying to separate that out or something at some point. There was yes. So the county owns and the city runs MSD. It's very complicated. Uh, there's a real disconnect there, right? Because we own the we own the utility, but we don't run it. Uh, so. So what we were trying to do was give the county more authority over the, um, the director, some of the attorneys, some of the engineers, some of the, I don't, I don't mean it in a disparaging way, but kind of the C-suite group. Uh, it's about 20 people or so, maybe 15, um, that are kind of the decision makers at MSD. Because we own the utility, give us the ability to communicate with them in a more direct way, because it's not direct right now, and have um, more of an ability other than outside of the budget time, which we just passed their budget, um, to have a conversation with them about how they're doing the work. Um, you know, some of us think that there's a lot of capacity to do some green infrastructure, some collecting of stormwater up here in the system so that it all doesn't dump into the pipes and get treated at a treatment facility when there's no need to treat stormwater. So we're wasting money by treating water that doesn't need to be treated. Um, that's just one example of some of the disconnect. And so it's in front of Judge Barrett right now. Uh, we're, we haven't gotten very far. I've been, this has been going on for my whole seven years. Uh, and it ebbs and flows. We had an agreement actually, and uh, OPERS at the state level said no, no we're not gonna um, approve of this idea. So anyway, we're always working on it, but I, I agree with you, I mean, there's a disconnect. There has to though be a willingness on the part of the city of Cincinnati to want to create that change. Um, so, you know, that's yeah. kind, of, kind of where it sits at the moment. And I knew, you know, probably like you mentioned, OPERS, I know the, there's a big issue with the city's pension, like with that, and that's what, doing a lot of that, you know, a big thing that we hear about driving those costs is the consent decree, mm -hmm. as far as eliminating the, the combined sewer overflows. And I was curious about where we are in the process of eliminating the CSOs to, um, to satisfy the decree and 
basically how how much more money are we going to have to throw at it before it goes because ultimately that that comes back on the ratepayers. Absolutely, and it's billions, by the way, to comply with. It's an unfunded federal mandate, is what it is. They said you have to do this, and they didn't fund it, right? So right. then it's on the ratepayers to fund it, and so we have tried. We we've held rates flat over the last five or six years. Um, that is not sustainable, and so we've started to gradually now increase. It's about a 3% increase. Um, I expect that's going to continue because of what you just said. So we have to comply with the consent decree. We also have asset management. We've got a pretty old system of sewers in this community, and so we are constantly doing asset management to replace those sewers. Some of them are, you know, 100 years old. And so it's a very expensive system. Uh, the ratepayers bear 100% of the cost except that we are right now working with MSD, it's good collaboration between the city and the county, um, to go after federal dollars, because there's quite a bit of money at the federal level right now for infrastructure, so that's roads, bridges, and sewers. And so we are working with the city to apply for some of those dollars to try to keep down the amount of the increase to the ratepayers. But it's complicated, but you're right, we're getting there. We've done quite a bit of work, and we have eliminated some of the CSOs, but we're not there yet. Right, and I understand the uh Know, handle also stormwater as well yeah. and with that you know especially you're adding in our proximity to the Mill Creek and flood zone issues you know any any kind of efforts to try and keep runoff or detain it from before it ever reaches the Mill Creek uh, you know has the potential to pay dividends uh, down the road with people not having to pay as much flood insurance in that, so. Absolutely, more than half of the water that's treated at our treatment facilities is stormwater. That's crazy. Uh, it makes no sense to treat stormwater. And so a lot of it's impervious surface, uh, it's overland flooding. And so there's, there's two things we're trying to accomplish. One is keep the stormwater out of the system. The other one is keep stormwater out of people's homes because we've got a lot of water in basement. It's not related to uh, sewer backups, it's related to the flooding coming in. Right. And so, it, it, again, we're not obligated to do that work, um, but we've got a lot of need for that too. And so we're trying to, we are now working stormwater, city and county, with MSD, first first time ever, uh, bringing the engineers at the table, we've got a lot of folks at the table trying to solve for this overland flooding piece. And bringing, because MSD will tell you, it's not a sewer, it's not a sewer problem, that's not our problem. That may be true, but they can be part of the solution. Right. Right? And so let's all get together and figure out a way where we can work together to keep that water out of the system to the benefit of everybody. Sure. Uh, one other thing, and, and again, MSD, I know uh, over the summer at the main treatment facility that they had an issue with, I guess, a piece of equipment, PowerWise failed that shouldn't have, and I guess sent a lot of untreated sewage into the Mill Creek. Uh, do you know what efforts have been to prevent something like that from occurring in, in the future? Are you an engineer? Um, <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm, I'm actually a, a project manager for a land surveying company. There we go. So, yeah. was like, wait a minute. Um, yeah. You know a lot about this stuff. So yes, we had a failure down uh, at the, the the facility that treats most of the, the sludge that, that goes through the system. And so there was a, a problem with a 
piece of equipment that was fairly new. We had just gotten it. And so um, it went down. It was down for a couple of days. It was a huge issue, uh, especially for that community. Imagine the odor control uh, we were trying to do down there. It was very problematic. Um, so we have gone back to the company. We're trying to recoup you know, all, everything that they, they owe us. Um, and we're replacing the equipment, making sure that we are going with a vendor that we can rely on. So I mean, but it's super expensive. It's a super expensive piece of equipment. Uh, we are also trying right now to uh, create a situation where we've got most of the sewage here. Uh, this is it's on the west side of, of kind of the central business district. We've got another facility over here on the east side that went down a, a, a number of years ago. And so we are investing in this facility so that it can take some of the capacity that's going here because this is overloaded and shift it over to here and then we've got two that are kind of equal capacity facilities. That is not happening right now. We're trucking sludge. I know you don't want to really hear a lot about this, but anyway, that's what we're doing. Uh, and it makes no sense. And so we're, we've got an I, IHRT, that, that's what it's a, a rapid treatment facility. Um, and, and we're starting to move on that. But again, very expensive project and it will take some time but there is money in the budget and we've been working on design over the last couple of years so that will help alleviate some of the need for that kind of capacity on the west side and then one one other thing that i've kind of heard some rumblings about is uh, i guess is it the mill creek alliance or something like that or the watershed council i've heard kind of scuttlebutt that there may be some kind of an assessment based on impervious surface ratio to fund stuff for that. Um, would that, do, does the county currently pay for the barrier dam, Mill Creek barrier dam or? So what you're referring to is a study that we're conducting related to impervious surfaces. Right. What's happening is that a lot of, we're talking about stormwater, right? So uh, think of a big, a big parking, think of, think of a Walmart parking lot and all the stormwater that runs off of that into the sewer system. That's what we were just talking about. And so they are not paying for that runoff. Uh, it just runs off and we treat it. The people that are paying for that and to treat that water are all of us that own homes, that have sewer systems. Uh, we're paying a base rate to accommodate for that. The idea of the study is, can we better balance that so that the people that are using less of the system, uh, think about a senior citizen that lives by themselves in their home. They're not using a lot of that system and yet they're paying this fairly high base rate. So the idea would be to reduce what they're paying, kind of right size it for you know what they're using, and then have the folks with the impervious surface start to pay for some of the water that's running off of the impervious surface. The idea here would be to incentivize that parking lot owner to do something to keep the water from running off so they don't have to pay for it, right? So plant some trees in the parking lot, create a retention basin to keep the water from running into the system. So allow them and, and incentivize it, provide something, right? So they would do that work, um, but then right size the amount of money that they pay. That study is ongoing. You can imagine how challenging that is. Think about the kinds of entities that own parking lots because they're schools, they're churches, they're municipalities, they're the county. Um, they're also big parking lot folks, right? Um, it's Walmart, it's Kroger. So, you know, you have to think about the business side of it. 
Um, but we also need to think about the residential side of it uh, because it's not quite fair as it's set up right now. So we're struggling with this. Uh, I, there is not consensus. Uh, we've, we've sent MSD back to study it more and give us a real clear understanding of who benefits and where and try to ameliorate some of the impact for those that are going to see an increase. So ongoing, not sure it goes anywhere, to be honest with you, but we've got a bunch of smart people from all different sectors. So there's, a, you know, there's somebody that uh, is a faith leader that owns a parking lot. Uh, I've got somebody from a parking lot company that's sitting at the table. I also have the Sierra Club sitting at the table, right? And some residential people sitting at the table. So it's a nice balance of people. I think this is why it's taking so long, but you know what? That's the way it goes when you have a nice balance of people sitting at the table. So they're due to report back to us after the beginning of the year. I think, you know, the biggest fear that I've heard among the few people that I've heard from on this was that somehow they're going to be basically get a bill in the mail for based on their roof area and their driveway area of their, their houses. And they're like, oh, you know, how much is this going to cost yeah, that, us? That's not, I will tell you, that's not the point of what okay. we're doing. I, I understand because that's impervious surface. I understand what you're saying. That is the, the whole point of this is to provide some relief to the ratepayers, the residents, and, and try to incentivize a change in behavior for some of the folks that own these huge parking lots. That's what we're trying to accomplish. All right. Thank you very much. I'll leave you alone now. We'll take it offline next time. Okay. I just have a quick question. Um, we've talked uh, within the city of possibly partnering with uh, Hamilton County's building department, and um, we've been looking at that. Just a quick question. Do you know um, how far along they are or if they have completed with uh, um, automation as far as applying for permits online and all of that? I don't know the answer to that. What I do know is that a bunch of communities are partnering with us for that service. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm happy to find out and get back with you. Or you've got the contact information on the menu of opportunity. I forgot to even mention that I had passed these out. Okay, so I passed these out. Um, all of our information for all the county commissioners is on the back. Um, and, and then you've got a contact for all these different departments. So James Noyce okay. is the guy. But if, if you don't have success there, I'm happy to follow up. And my contact information is on the back. Great. Thank you. Anybody else? I have one question. Sure thing. The stadium property tax rollback. Where do I find that on my uh, tax bill? And uh, why couldn't I find it the last time I checked? I don't know why you can't find it. Um, but it's there. There is a rollback. Uh, it varies from year to year. Uh, we are debating this right now. Um, I think it's going to be about a 12% uh, rollback this year. We're, and, and I don't, and this isn't the question you asked me, but, but I, I will just, unless you want me to um, Go ahead. give you, okay. So we are trying to right size that. Remember it was 30% when the agreement first went down. That was the way it was pitched to the taxpayers. You know, if you tax yourself here, we're gonna give you some relief here for property tax owners. 30%, uh, unfortunately, that wasn't a reasonable thing to promise for 20 plus years because we have gone through some economic downturns where we can't afford to do 30% because we can't keep enough money in the stadium fund to do the repairs I just talked about for the stadiums. And I'm talking about, you know, waterproof 
waterproofing and cement work. I'm not talking about the club seats. And so uh, we need to keep a reserve there, and we also need to keep enough money in there to maintain the facility. So that's the calculation that we do every single year. We talk about the property tax rollback. And so we have a formula now in place where we're keeping 85% of this uh, operating reserve um, in place, and we're using that as a balance so that if the, the revenues were up higher this year than last year. So last year the uh, rollback was close to like eight or 9%. This year it's closer to 12% because we brought more revenue in through the sales tax this year. So the, rate, or the, the property tax owners will see the benefit of that. But I will tell you, and, and this is my opinion of this, we are not overdoing it because we can't afford to. Uh, and I, if we were to do the full 30, that was promised many years ago by a whole group of other people, if we did that for more than three years in a row, the fund would be bankrupt. I don't think that's what you expect of your county commissioner, and I'm not going to do it. Uh, and so you, you'll see that I, I don't I don't know where it is you know appearing on your bill, but you're going to I I suspect that 12 percent is going to pass. Okay, so the 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 it's not really an ordinance, but the the tax that was passed or the stadium agreement that was passed by the people in the county in 1996 was it was for 30% property tax rollback and that's actually law but we're not it was not codified it was not codified was not codified interesting interesting yep alrighty any other questions thank you for coming you're welcome to stay if you like thank you thank, yeah, you. thank you thank you thanks for coming all right up next audience asking participation we have three people in the audience raise your hand if you want to come no oh come on we got 50 chairs in here three people plus a commissioner okay that's it for audience participation reading of communications i see none executive session none scheduled legislative session reading of resolutions this is the third reading uh, adoption of the 2023 Hamilton County Multi-Hazard Mitigation Plan. Move to adopt. Second. second. I have a motion to adopt by Mr. Boehner, a second by Mr. Bronner. Uh, roll call, please. Mr. Powell. Yes. Mr. Bronner. Yes. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Boehner. Yes. Mr. Tommen. Yes. Mrs. Kroger. Yes. Mrs. Edichico. Yes. The resolution is adopted. Resolution number, please. 202339 R. And ordinances, I hear there's one to add. Is there a motion to add that ordinance? I'll make a motion to add the Furman Road ordinance. Second. A motion to add an ordinance uh, regarding the Furman Road uh, by Mrs. Edichico, second by Mrs. Kroger. Uh, we'll go voice vote on this. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, who has the text of that? I, have. I, I didn't see it in my email. I have it. Do you want me to read the whole thing or? Yes, please. The title? The, the, An ordinance awarding a contract to John R. Jerkinson Company for the Furman Road Improvements Project for an amount not to exceed $400,000 and declaring an emergency. 
Be it ordained by the city, by the council of the city of Reading, Ohio, section one, that the council authorizes the safety service director to enter into a contract with John R. Jurgensen Company for the Furman Road Improvements Project for an amount not to exceed 400,000. Section two, that this project is part of Ohio Public Works Commission's grant and loan capital improvement projects program. <clears throat> the city is awarded a 100% interest-free loan for this project and all loan payments shall be made from the Streets and Curbs Fund, which is 230. Section three, that this ordinance is hereby declared to be an emergency measure necessary for the preservation of the public peace, health, and safety. The reason for the emergency being that the contract can be executed and pre-construction meetings scheduled. Discussion. Go Discussion. This is Eddie Chico. Go ahead. Um, just real quick, um, I understand the need for emergency because of you know when you're dealing with funds and, and bids and and whatnot. Um, I know there is some talk of um, some residents that were interested in speed humps on the street, and we had talked about having um, you know inviting the public to come speak and give their input. I'm all for that, um, but it does look like reading uh, Patrick's email about this that the speed humps are not a guarantee. So if we did go ahead and pass this to assure the funds, because it's also, um, I think, is it with uh, grant money as well? So the speed humps is kind of a later issue that can, can be still added. be discussed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I guess I'm clear on that because I was going to ask for strictly a first reading because of a recommendation from our civil engineer about adding i believe it was three speed humps to it yes to help uh, alleviate the um, speeding concerns hopefully kind of regulate that a little bit and i i was hoping to have more time for public input but it sounds like it's a separate issue from awarding awarding the contract itself this may be an addendum to the contract then if we add these yeah it sounds like he has in his email that the speed humps are not a guarantee he's already talked to the contractor to make that clear okay so. yeah i talked to him last week and uh, about this very thing and he said it was kind of like a a menu add-on option gotcha uh, so it'd be incorporated within the the cost or the bid but not a guarantee okay any others? Okay. I'll make a motion to suspend the rule requiring requiring a second and third reading. Second. Motion to suspend rules requiring a second and third reading made by Mrs. Edichico, second by Mrs. Kroger. Voice vote or not voice vote. Sorry, roll call, please. Mr. Powell. Yes. Mr. Bronner. Yes. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Boehner. No. Mr. Tommen. Yes. Mrs. Kroger. Yes. Mrs. Edichico. Yes. Six yes. Uh, Rule is suspended. Motion to adopt. Second. Motion to adopt the ordinance by Mrs. Kroger, second by Mr. Bronner. Uh, roll call, please. Mr. Powell? Yes. <clears throat> Mr. Bronner? Yes. Mr. Bishop? Yes. Mr. Boehner? No. Mr. Tommen? Yes. Mrs. Kroger? Yes. Mrs. Edichico? Yes. Six yes. The ordinance carries. Ordinance number? 202340. Okay, that's it for ordinances miscellaneous business is there any i've got i've got uh, a variety of um businesses the public works report uh city crew's been out patching potholes in the streets mulcher's been out collecting branches city crew's been out picking leaves throughout the city 
and, and repairing catch basins throughout the city, uh, painting all soccer and football fields in the city, and did all the labor and prep for the installation of the cameras in the parks. City crews cut out and installed a new water line to the baby pool, which was leaking, and poured new concrete over the line and finished the concrete. Uh, they, they replaced the roof of Voorhees Park with a metal roof and new flashing. Uh, they repaired a service line at 12 West Vine Street and 300 McGuire Lane. City crews installed a new electronic speed sign on East Galbraith Road near Corporation Line westbound from Amberley Village. Uh, they cleaned up the brush on East Galbraith near the Corporation sign as well. Uh, city crews have been out hydro excavating for lead lines throughout the valley. Uh, city crew cut out a water valve at Reading and Gull Terrace that was not needed. Uh, city crew repaired a water main break at Seventhaler and Dorian, which leads me to my, uh, after the last week's special council meeting, uh, I want to make a recommendation that we move forward with a stop sign. Uh, that night we had seven people for the stop sign and three against, as including the people that sent emails. Uh, prior to that meeting, I again had seven people for it and four of them against. Um, so I Majority rules, I think, as far as stop sign. Um, the speed humps on Fremont Road. Uh, I'm going to talk to uh, Patrick and Bo. Uh, I'm going to have a fourth ward advisory meeting on June 30th next year. I'll send the notices out and all the drawings drawn up. The drawings are blown up so that everybody can see where the speed bumps are going to go. You really can't tell in the small pictures on the email. I'll blow them up and have make it bigger. But we'll see what the residents want up there before we go forward with those speed dumps. Uh, I don't drive up there that often, uh, but I think the people living up there are going to be the best uh, uh, advocate for or against the speed dumps. Uh, I know some of the people in Thunridge are still not happy with the way that project started out because they weren't notified. They weren't part of the process. And I'm going to make sure the people on from the road and the surrounding streets are involved in this process. And so you'll have more about that as I get closer to that date. Um, anybody got any questions at all about the stop sign? Uh, I'm going to pass it on to Patrick and Bo on the stop sign unless there's somebody totally against it. Any questions on that subject for Mr. Boehner? I have one. Yep. There was supposed to be a stop sign going up on Galbraith near where that speed sign is. What's the status of that? Do you know? I don't know where that is. I, I read that sign. Um, there's supposed to be one at uh, Bridge Ridge Point, I think, going westbound. Or was it eastbound? I don't remember. Which westbound. westbound. The, uh, the recommendation in the traffic study, I believe, was just to uh, trim some vegetation and to put out the speed signs. They did not recommend a stop sign I didn't think for Galbraith. Okay. I'll, I'll look into that again. I, I just don't remember. Right. Anything else for Mr. Boehner? Mr. Bell. Uh, you kind of speaking of Furman as far as that and, and wanting to have it be a fourth ward meeting, with Furman being what I would consider an arterial street through Redding, it in, I, I think it involves pretty much the whole city. Um, yeah, the people that live there go over it, but I know I, I don't live in the fourth ward, and we are on Furman all the time uh, going to and from Blue Ash. So I think we probably ought to broaden that out as far as 
who is invited to give input on on the matter well I w my goal is to mention every council meeting uh, but I was going to hand deliver the notice to the people on Furman. Okay. But, you know, hopefully people are watching Council Me tonight and uh, next month and uh, end of January. That's no reason why I did it the last, the fifth Tuesday in January. So that people will, this will be multiple times on a council meeting so that if you live in First Ward, Second Ward, Third Ward, <laughs> wherever it is, I know people that use Furman right now because they don't want to use Stone Ridge because of speed humps. And if we're putting speed humps on Furman, that creates another problem. Bob, you want to give your date again for the meeting? June 30th, 7 p.m. June 30th? Yes. June or January? January, I'm sorry, January. Okay. January 30th. <laughs> the first time. I, I, yeah. thought, I thought I heard you say June before. That's why I asked you. And, and what, what, what time again? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Is that here? Yes. <laughs> I have to clear that with Patrick and Bo. I have not done that as yet. All right, you have a few Is there any you. reason we can't do that as a, as a council hall meeting at a regular council meeting? Well, I try to have a special council meeting. And, and I, Not a special council meeting, but after a council hall at the end of our council meeting? Or no, no. It, they're, over and over again, the same comment came up. Furman Road talked to a few people. They came up in Siebenthaler. People do not want to come up here and voice opposition to the speed humps or the stop sign because they get beat up on... Uh, social media but it's still going to be recorded and broadcast live so there's still going to be it's not going to be necessarily video but if we do audio they're still going to be on well if, if it's a special I mean, if it's a fourth row advisory I'm not videotaping anything all I'm doing is taking notes and I'll have the notes available for people but you know, and I didn't know about this until uh, about two months ago when some of the people in my subdivision complained about some of the nasty stuff they were getting on Facebook because they were supposedly against the school and against the, uh, everything the school was about and all that. I mean, it just, it got pretty nasty. And a few people in Furman are the same way. They don't want to be pegged as being anti-speed humps if some of the people up there want them. So, yeah. Is there a way that the, the, they could still, we could still do it at a regular council meeting, but ask ESP not to show the speaker? Well, we can try that. I mean, or they can always email. Just breathing and being on Facebook, you're getting bashed for something that you do. Now that you get, you have the problem there of the person stating their name, possibly their address. You'd have to blank out the the audio as well. It is a public meeting. Well, public them. meeting. We really can't. We can't delete that or, or tell them not to broadcast that. That's not. We do it as the council as a whole at the end of the meeting. My recommendation then would have them send an email anonymously. I can have them send me the emails to me. Yeah, I mean they can ask to not have their red their name read. Yeah, we can leave the name off. Yeah, that's fine. I, I mean I would like to gather as much public input as possible. Um, you know whether they're for or against it. Right. And I know with Thurnridge, uh, I do believe that Bill and, Bill and Patrick went door to door and letters were sent to the residents. I don't know what the time lap was between that happened, how much turnover there was in residents there, but I, I believe it was communicated quite often that we were doing the speed humps. There, there was at least two, if not, I know two, I'm not sure about three. People told me two years ago they, they weren't aware of anything uh, specific about the project and the speed humps until the uh, 
the project was done and the humps were going in and they didn't know anything about it. Now, I, I don't know if the people got missed, notice got blown off the door. I, you know, I have no idea. My, my concern is that the, uh, we're, we, in, we're always going to be facing some project with some street in Reading, wherever it might be, uh, some, some issue with some area, uh, some ward. And I just don't think we should get in the habit of isolating little meetings. I mean, committee meetings are one thing, but right. to isolate meetings for uh, streets that everybody travels on or things that everybody uses. I think, I think it makes us look shady. Yeah. You know, I mean, people come to our meetings and, and, and talk all the time about things, and I think it's part of how we do I things. I wish that statement were accurate. I don't see a whole lot of well, that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have one other odd thing. Mark talking just reminding me about something else that I think that we need to think about uh, going into next year is uh, how we update the website and I, we need to think about what maybe develop another committee that can look into that because I uh, believe that our, our ordinance ought to be put on the website on a timely basis the minutes the meeting um, and surveys that people can respond to. There's a lot of things we could do with our website, but we need to think about that next year to come up with a committee that's tasked for that. Maybe all seven of us are on the same same committee, but we've got to figure out how we do that because it's not fair right now for most city employees. They don't have the time to take on that project. Uh, so we need to maybe we need to call in an outside expert to see how we can do that on a uh, basis to where it it's beneficial to a lot of people. Otherwise, why well, have a website? Is my point. Circling back to Galbraith Road, um, I think it was Dave's correct that um, the recommendations are to trim the vegetation in the area and then to put up the radar speed signs. Um, it does say and always stop at the intersection. It says, however, um, it is not recommended. So. Thank you. Anything else? I just briefly want to say, um, and I know all that I'll touch base on it at the December meeting, um, on behalf of the fire department, not that it is my job to speak on their behalf, but uh, thank you to everyone who came out to the turkey raffle. I know Friday night they had a record night. They did over 200 turkeys on Friday night. Um, and yeah, and everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. I got four, so I'm real happy. <laughs> just sticking with the holiday theme just a reminder that our holiday walk on Benson Street will be Saturday December 2nd from 6 to 9 beginning with the tree lighting at 6 o'clock uh, hopefully the weather will cooperate and good time show should be had by all what a uh, question for you Scott what uh, efforts are going on to promote this because it you know it does sound like we're going to have a lot of nice things for people to come down and do um, is that being promoted in any I way? I probably or? answer that. Go for it. Um, the school is sending out emails to parents. I did um, contact, um, oh my gosh, Mark Edwards at the school. Um, Serendipity, I believe, is going to put flyers in each of the kids' backpacks, um, as well as the academy, I believe. Uh, we are promoting it heavily on Facebook, uh, I believe Instagram as well. So um, that's what we did last year. We had a pretty good turnout okay. with that. Um, I know the cities had it on the, their page and that too. And if you see any of the posts about it, share it. 
Any motion other miscellaneous business? Oh, yeah, motion to adjourn. All right. Second. All right. I, there's a tie there. I'm going to give it to Mrs. Kroger. Uh, motion to adjourn by Mr. Boehner, second by Mrs. Kroger. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? We are adjourned. Everybody have a good night. Thank you.